0: I'm Rebecca Garrett Pace.
1: I'm Mitchell Boone, and you're listening to The Day After Sunday,
0: a brief but nerdy conversation about yesterday's worship at White Rock United Methodist Church.
1: We talk about what caught our attention, stories we forgot to tell, and ways that we saw the Holy Spirit moving among us. Good morning, friends.
2: And I'm Phil Dickey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we need to add you into that uh, podcast intro.
2: That's all right. I'm just gonna do every time. And I'm Phil Dickey. (laughs) You
1: should, you should do it over the over the intro itself.
0: That's true.
2: Self-edit there.
0: John, I I had a comment one time. um, One of our members came up to me long time ago, back when you know we could see people. and he said, "I love listening to your podcast because you always have such a like radio voice, you and Mitchell." And I was like, "Oh, I think that's a I think that's a good compliment."
1: Right? Yeah. I, little do they know, it's just a microphone. You're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I
2: need to upgrade my mic so that I'm not using my uh, ear AirPods anymore or or whatever whatever these are called earbud deals earbuds. Yeah. One of these days. Well.
0: Well, so yes, lots to talk about from yesterday. Oh
2: man, y'all. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Need to
0: do some pastoral care for Phil. Well, yeah, Phil, Phil had a rough day yesterday. Brokenhearted. No, I, I told this to you, but I want to say it again. Like I, I am really proud of you and of our team for like just going with the flow and I'm proud of our congregation for being so understanding. We had some major tech issues yesterday. If you didn't get a chance to check out our worship, um, it's in three videos on (laughs) Facebook (laughs) because we kept having internet connection issues. We lost the feed several times. Um, Thank you all for, uh, for your leadership on site and thank our congregation too, for just their, their understanding. Right. We got so many comments of glad to see you all glad to see the sanctuary. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's really nice.
2: Yeah. It, uh, you know, I'm still a child and I called my mom afterwards, like, Aww. you know, um, but she was like, <laughs> you know, just, I feel like everyone has so much grace in this season and everything's such a new and adaptive. And she's like, just every, you know, I don't think anybody sounded upset. And I was like, I don't think anybody's upset. It's just, you know, you set higher expectations. And it was so right. frustrating because Dexter and I had spent, I don't know how many hours on, I think it was Thursday, mm-hmm. testing and retesting and, and, you know, everything was working fine when we, when we finally finished. It, it took us all day to get there. but I know. You know and so it's so frustrating to, to feel like you're in a really good place and then everything just fall apart.
0: Well, it was so weird too. Like I, so I don't know if y'all saw my um, post, but... It was beautiful, a little, what my friend calls a god wink. Um, it was really, really windy on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And when Jeff and I walked outside, um, our crate myrtles had, like, released all of their blossoms all over our yard. Um, but they had gathered in a heart shape um, on our back driveway. And it was just so beautiful. Um, but my aunt commented when I told her, I was like, yeah, we had a lot of tech issues yesterday. She's like, we did, too, in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So it was something in, it was like a disturbance in the force. It was
1: like <laughs> Totally. Something was going on. Uh show went on though. Show went on. I mean, it we got worship off the ground. We had Zoom rooms open for people to do discipleship. We did. Um,
0: We had two Sunday school classes. Adults and kids. Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, overall it's if we can if we can get this model to work, I think it's gonna be really powerful for our folks, for our community. Uh it's gonna be something that's that's gonna allow us to really do our best to feel like we're really connected on Sunday mornings and so we'll, yeah. we'll 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 go back to the the drawing board uh this week and see if we can figure out the the glitches.
0: Yeah, I'm confident yeah. we will. I think we will. Yeah. And and you know the The worship series we just started yesterday, I think is a great time to do some experimenting and to take some risks. We're talking about compassion, right? Right. How do we love ourselves when we fail, when we succeed, right? How do we love each other? Um, And so we drew entirely from um, the virtual VBS, the virtual vacation Bible school that Victoria did last week, um, that we were all guests on um, (laughs) each, like led a Bible story. So I just thought that was really cool. You know, it's, it's not often, um, that we get a chance to build a whole worship series based on children's curriculum. I think we should mm-hmm. do that more often cause it's totally. so rich. Um, but yeah, so like two of the three hymns yesterday were vacation Bible school hymns. Um, <laughs> they were real, they were real catchy. They're so uh, catchy. Uh, Too catchy. Stuck in your head kind of catchy. Yes. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I don't, well, but, I mean, VBS music just in general is is an abomination to the word music, and <laughs> um, and it it is just usually yes, usually. not in this particular, not case. in this week though. This week, yeah. uh, not only were the were the songs that the kids were singing, but also even the playlists that accompanied VBS on yeah. Spotify. Eli, like, pulled that thing out, and, and she had a, a training with about 55 of her AmeriCorps members, and she played it, and everyone was like, what is this playlist? It's awesome. That's so, nice. like, it, uh, it has... Broad appeal. Shout out to Illustrated Ministries for their work. Uh, yeah. PCSA group, they they put together a really great VBS curriculum that translated well to the digital space. And so I'm looking forward to it translating well to our worship series as we, you know, kind of kind of fight this summer. uh the summer, the summer doldrums, yes.
2: That's a great word.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: totally. And and actually, what I love about, yeah, t- huge shout out to Illustrated Ministries because they mm-hmm. they were quick. I mean, they mm-hmm. built this in response to the pandemic. This was not something, this was not old curriculum that they pulled out and dusted off and tried to like retrofit to the digital space. They made this for families who are dealing with mm-hmm. the coronavirus. And yep. I just think that is a great testament to what, you can do you know my mom said it well she was like when you unleash creative people to do what they are meant to do Mm -hmm. you get curriculum like this right Mm -hmm. and the the illustrations were so fun like the people were all different colors they were purple and they were green they were short and they were tall and they were in wheelchairs it was so creative and colorful and i just felt like we brought that into worship yesterday Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it was great and i like the idea of focusing on you know Three specific kind of ministries, program areas that um often feel very isolated from one another. Um, just naturally, right in the world, this is kind of how we operate. Um, we you know ship our kids off to schools. Uh, we you know for us who are you know in 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 the adult ministry segment we we ship ourselves off to work and we ship our oldest folks off to places for them to live out the rest mm-hmm. of their lives right I mean this is kind of the natural or at least the way the world tells us to operate is to Mm -hmm. like segment our, our folks and very very Mm -hmm. siloed And the body of Christ doesn't really work like that. And so, or shouldn't work like that. So I think the goal of this series too, is just to highlight where we can like see the gaps in our intergenerational calling that we have as a church and say, okay, like there's a void, let's try to fill it. And we've been at this a long time, right? I mean, this is not like a new concept for our church. We've, We've talked about how being an intergenerational church is, uh, is a top priority of ours because we think it's so unique. But just because it's a priority and we recognize the need for it doesn't mean that it's easy to solve. And so I'm hoping that this worship series can kind of push us forward to, to, to ask really good questions of ourselves and um, of our program ministries here at YROC.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we did a, um, a conversation model for the sermon, which Mm -hmm. Mitchell you did several weeks right at the beginning of our virtual worship. So back in March. Um, and then we got away from it for a while. So it was nice. It it felt fresh to me. It felt really nice to hear from Victoria in more detail. I was curious if there was anything particular that came forward for you from that for either of you.
1: Well, the text itself is really rich. You know, I mean, I wanted to talk more about it at the beginning, but I also realized that it wasn't a sermon and it's, um, <laughs> so it's so I like, about to get on my soapbox and then I did it. Um, the, but the text itself is really, uh, a rich one. And, and I think that the way that Victoria talked about emotional, um, acceptance of our the kids, t- the text being the prodigal son. Yeah. The text being the, the prodigal son, um, the, 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 the way that Victoria approached it was saying, like, we need to, like, recognize the emotions in our kids and that wherever they are on that emotional expe- spectrum um, doesn't negate their place at the table, I think, is really profound. And, and, you know, I think we can really spend a lot of time thinking about how do we how do we gauge the emotional um, spaces, the headspace that our, that our kids are in on any given Sunday or any time we interact with them? So we can help them name that for themselves, and name that in the in in the midst of learning about faith, right? Like the story about the kid, like we brought it up in the like pre-show uh, chit chat. You know the the kid that <laughs> that says, you know, I don't like the Bible anymore. Like that's an oh, awesome man. that's an awesome statement. Um, because it's going to pay dividends for that, for that child uh, down the road. Because if we can say, yeah, the the Bible's hard, but don't throw it out, wrestle Mm -hmm. with it, bring your full self to it. That's a much more natural, um, way to engage scripture when you're, you know, when you're 25, 45, 85. Right. And so, um, hopefully we can, we can learn from that.
0: Yeah, when Victoria told that story of the of the kid saying, uh, I actually forget what, I, oh, is the Cain and Abel story? Mm-hmm. The kid came up to her after the Cain and Abel story, and he was like, I don't like the Bible anymore. And when I heard that, I was like, Man, me too. I've been there, you know. Right. And yeah. actually, I'm reading with um, a a group that I'm in, a book club that I'm in. I'm reading Rachel Held Evans' book, Inspired.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know if y'all have read that. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's the same thing, basically. It's like, how do we deal with the Bible as a thorny, unpredictable, um, controversial mess and mm-hmm. not throw it out, but also, you know, not just take it as uh, no pun intended, take it as gospel without challenging it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was, I was right with it. And I, from your conversation, the big question I came away with was, how freeing is it for adults to have permission to? Right, totally. Right? Like when yeah. when Victoria said the the older son wasn't asked to stop being angry before he was invited to the party, right? Mm-hmm. What if adults had permission to be angry in church or to be restless in church?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, and I think you, you highlighted it well a couple times in your conversation about the idea that children often have things to teach us. And, and I saw that over and over again in the stories that were shared, but also just in the the text that you can pull from that too. But, um, you know, this just, it made me think back to my childhood (laughs) and I was like, man, Mm -hmm. I don't remember having these conversations as a child and I don't have the best memory. So I'll go ahead and admit to that. But at the same time, I remember like flannel graph, you know, and I don't remember. And I remember like playing games. to have those conversations and that's probably the biggest difference is is that those those kids are invited and they feel safe in that space to have those conversations and right and I, I just I feel like the whether it's actual memories or just what I imagine my memories were at the time but like that stuff got shut down you know like you weren't invited to bring those kind of questions and yeah. if you said something like that like I think the probably a really old Sunday school teacher we had might have just crooked over and died right there in the, on the spot, you know, like, right. like oh, those gosh. weren't things that you would say <laughs> publicly in Sunday yeah. school whenever I was a kid. Well, mm-hmm. I
1: think that's, in, you know, that that's what's so important is like for us and I, Victoria and I talked about this ahead of this, the, the conversation. I don't know if we really brought it up in the in the conversation sermon, but. You know, for us to really do that work well, we have to be okay with our own questions and our own. We have to be emotionally aware or have emotional intelligence uh, um, to be able to be comfortable with kids asking those questions. Because if we're uncomfortable with with the depth in which kids can get us to, uh, we will shut it down we'll shut it down because we don't want to be uncomfortable or we'll shut it down because we want to say like, you have to, we we've got to teach you something. You can't just like leave here without knowing facts, you know, or, or knowing, you know, what order, uh, the books of the Bible are in, or, you know, you need to memorize this verse or right. And I think like the challenge is to be comfortable with our own questions and our own, like, yeah, today I'm feeling really, um, disappointed and like bringing that with us to church and being aware of that I think is, is going to, f- to really strengthen our spiritual maturity and, and make sure that we're present for our kids and for one another. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think children's ministry is the hardest ministry in in the church. And maybe that's just cause I'm terrified of it, but to take things that, you know, we all have degrees like, like master's degrees in these things that we've studied and to be able to take it in, and make it a concept that's relatable for children, I think is just sometimes the hardest thing because we, I mean, I don't have it all figured out, right? Like, and and so the humility that does come with that aspect of being able to go to a child Uh, and when a child has a question like that and say, yeah, I don't know. Or like, that's a really great question. People have been asking that for hundreds and thousands of years and and you're in really good company and I'm sorry that I don't have an answer for you, but like, let's continue to wrestle through that and this is a safe space for you to ask those questions. Totally. Like, that's just... That's beautiful, you know, like that's just a beautiful expression of what it means to be people of humble faith.
1: Mm. Rebecca, I think you'd appreciate this. Uh, so Cash was uh, sort of present in VBS every day or some yeah, days. Yeah,
0: he was <laughs> he was present until we got to yoga, right? And then I mean, just, yeah, totally. To
1: he was yeah. not digging yoga He's, you know. <laughs> two and a half year old not really aware of, of or or appreciating the, the The calmness that yoga brings, but, um, but so he was in on Sunday school, um, and I asked him how a Sunday school was when I got home and he said, there was no music. There's no singing. Like he was disappointed. Right. Yeah. And I was like, ah, yeah, you should be disappointed about that. Right. Like, uh, that makes sense. Like you went all week hearing these great songs and being able to dance and like egg shake and, and then like. Everything was pretty much the same, except like the one thing that you really loved was like absent, and and it's just a good reminder that we should ask our kids like, hey, like, what's missing? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what totally. do you need? <laughs> Even a two and a half year old can can tell me what uh, what he or she needs, like, to make um, something more alive for them, and and we just never consider. You know, we we have to train ourselves, I guess, to mm-hmm. really consider the. The awareness and the, um, you know, the feelings of our of our kids on a at a at a church level. I think it happens at home all the time, but at a church level, like what what does it look like to have program that's fluid? So,
0: well, and it was cool to see we have a lot of educators um, Mm -hmm. in our congregation, in our community. Uh, Educators, as well as like counseling, helping professions. And it was cool to see all of them commenting, like, yes, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, woo! Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that was really neat. Uh, I just feel like we are continuing to kind of invite a wider view every time we do that because, Phil, like you said, so many church spaces tend to shut down conversations around emotional intelligence, like fact is better than emotion, Mm -hmm. and also around science, you know, and say, Uh You know, science and faith are enemies. And so both of those arenas, I think, when when Victoria does science experiments for children's time, you right. know, and when we when we talk about the emotional awareness of the father in this parable, right. right, to be so tuned in to both of his sons that were so opposite in what they needed. Um, I mean, that's differentiated instruction as a parent, right? right? That yeah. is, that's reaching out to each of your kids with your adult kids you know and we have a lot of people in our congregation who who have some tough stuff going on with their adult children and how does this relate mm-hmm. to them
2: mm-hmm.
0: um it was just yeah it was a really rich it's one of my favorite parables in general but
2: yeah when it's, it it just made me think like what a different way to start reading scripture mm-hmm. or just not start maybe you already have and i'm just behind the ball on this but like like a, what a, my hermeneutic is so often like what is the nugget that i'm taking away from this like right intellectually right versus like what is the emotional invitation for this for me as well right.
0: yeah totally
2: that's a really so, good point but,
1: phil
0: yeah
2: that, that was a good challenge for me
0: yeah for any of you watching on youtube mitchell's video went away but he is still here he's just having some internet issues <laughs>
2: uh, um, they continue they continue yeah, at they the continue. church
0: um, well, so moving, you know, into other aspects of worship, uh, we, we celebrated communion yesterday for the first mm. time since Maundy Thursday, which,
1: which was like also years ago, which was also, maybe we should just stop having communion because if I remember correctly, Monday Thursday was also a, uh, a, a worship service disaster. of a tech disaster. It was our only one really until this past Sunday maybe it's communion maybe communion is just rejecting the digital platform that we're trying to force it on
0: do not say that that will be fodder for so many of our colleagues (laughs) there's been a
1: raging debate about the appropriateness of communion online
0: raging is the right word Phil,
1: yeah you've seen it Rebecca I'm curious Phil have you come across this
2: Oh, totally!
0: I actually hosted a whole um,
2: panel discussion with some of the other people that I do a lot of like online ministry conversations and exploring with, dis- like discussing the relevancy of online communion. Um, and it was super enlightening. I will go ahead and mm-hmm. give away the secret here that all of them were like tech junkies, basically. Like one of them is a tech chaplain. She started a whole institute for tech chaplain. Wow. Um, she's in Boulder doing her her PhD work right now. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, in I left that conversation and I was like, if if you can't listen to, to these people and realize that there's such value in the idea of online communion, then you have become so lost in the doctrine and in the, the um, I, I, I can't even think of the words for it, like the structure, right? Like, I mean, I really want to call it clericalism, but like that may be a little harsh, but you know, like you just, there's so much value that can be found in the experience of community online. And so, yes, I have seen it. I have been a part of the rage conversation and my rage comes from the opposite side of many of mm. our, our colleagues.
0: You know, what came to mind, Phil, was, um, I, we talk about this a lot, you know, it's no no secret that I am an Enneagram One. So as a perfectionist, you know, I, I resonate with when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're asking him, they're like, why don't your disciples wash their hands? Why don't they follow the rules? Why aren't they fasting? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, okay, listen, (laughs) you should have done like you, you tithe your money and your mint and your sage and all these things, but you don't give to your parents or you don't give to your community. You should have done these things without neglecting the former. And that's what that reminds me of is, so many of our colleagues out of a place of of truly loving the rules and thinking that they are there for a reason um i think are missing the point as you said phil of like because when i celebrated communion and i was i was having internet issues at my home so i actually had to come back to the rest of the stream (laughs) later um but i my husband and stepdaughter and i we got some grape juice and some crackers and like I was just, I was really emotional when Mitchell, you blessed the elements and, and Mitchell and Phil, you took your little like <laughs> indiv- individual serving of grape juice, very sanitary. Um, I just was, it, it really was a spiritual experience. The grape juice tasted sweeter than I mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. grape juice tasting. Definitely. And like the, you know, it was just remarkable. It was beautiful. And I, I'm grateful Mitchell that you led us in that. Um, and Phil that you assisted in that liturgy.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it was good to do. It, it was really good. Um, I needed it. I think our church needed it. Um, I'm clearly on the other side. I'm on the side with Phil in terms of like, you know, I, I pastoral over doctrinal is my kind of thing. And, um, I think this is a pastoral moment that we're in, and anytime we can uh, receive a, a, a clear indication of God's grace, tangible uh, in our lives, is a good thing right now. And so, um, I, I I thought it was I thought it was good. It it, it felt um, the liturgy was was you know not not robust like we normally have. I thought it was a good balance of. Hey, we're doing this together. And, um, I mean, it's cool to think that everyone who had the elements in front of them were partaking at the same time. And, uh, usually we have this line, right. And we have to wait to get to the table. Then some ways this is the most accessible table that we've ever had. And if we talk about welcoming all folks to the table, creating more space at the table, like, I don't know if it can get more, um. Um, more open than what we have um just done on sunday morning and so for that i'm i'm grateful and i i think um you know like we said we may we may do it uh, a lot of times not to catch yeah. up not not because grace is uh, somehow uh on on the same metric system or economy that we have <laughs> um but uh just as a reminder that um we can do this uh more often than we often do in our in our current or former constraints, right? It mm-hmm. was always a once-a-month thing for us and there was always some tension with why can't we do it more? Uh, there That tension really dissolves <laughs> in digital space because it's, right? uh, it's really accessible and, and easy to pull off.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, and Phil, we brought this up when we were chatting right before we started recording. Um, Phil helping with communion as being you know an equal part of the liturgy you were wearing oh, yeah. your deacon stole
2: I was right yes. and I,
0: I I don't know if a lot of our listeners have maybe ever seen a deacon stole before
1: I I don't I don't know if any deacons ever put on a stole at White Rock I've never mm-hmm. seen a deacon stole since my time yeah What's up yeah. with the deacon? So, why does it look like such a sash? Like he won the homecoming. Uh, <laughs> I actually won a pageant, you know, and that's passion. how I
2: got that. <laughs> so, best
0: best person. I just I just okay. am rewatching the Good Place, so that's what came to mind. It Was best person
2: sash. Uh, yeah. So, so deacon stoles do rather than the draping down on both sides. Deacon stoles do look more like a sash across the chest there. Um, and you know, I've I've never been at a church where I haven't got questions about it, and people are very confused by the fact that it's different than what an elder wears mm-hmm. and the part of the issue is is because a lot of churches just don't take the time to delineate that you know like they'll just say we'll just we have elder stoles here so just wear one of those you know and and i've been guilty of doing that sometimes because i either forgot a stole or but but for the most part i really now try to lean into my the fact that i'm a deacon and really and try to represent that even in the the vestments that i wear so um yeah it just it's a instead of like i said instead of having the two down the side it, it just comes across and um deacons are, you know, so much of it is servant ministry ideas mm-hmm. behind it. And so um, I should know more about it. But I think there's a connection to that, why that it's more of the sash style yeah. rather than the, the other. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, we do now have um, three elders and one deacon on staff, right, Mitchell? Correct. Is that, we have four ordained folks. We have three, elders three
1: ordained folks. Josh is not yet ordained, but he's close. Oh, that's right. He's commissioned. Th- okay, he's um, commissioned. And yeah, so ordination's a process in the church of, not uh, as the bishop reminds us, not uh, creating hierarchy, but just setting aside uh, specific folks for the um, yeah. for the calling of uh, a lifetime of ministry. And and Phil's uh, ordained as a deacon, which is um, word and service, and uh, elders or are or, or are ordained to. Uh, word and service and order um and and sacrament. sacrament and so no. that's why you won't no. see an um the sacraments presided over in the methodist church without an elder present um and there's a lot of debate about uh sacramental authority being given to elders or deacons and how do we expand the table and expand our sacramental reach and so uh, it's a it's a fascinating conversation. Um, a lot of my elder colleagues are uh, in one camp. Um, I tend to not be in that camp, although I do see the merit in the in the argument. But that, that that's probably for another podcast like sacramental sure. uh, authority and why 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 I'm or another elders present and presides over the liturgies as much as I do. And, Mm -hmm. um, we have a history of, of why that happens in the Methodist church, but it was really beautiful to, to have Phil, uh, put on his, uh, his deacon stole. It was kind of last minute. I was like, "Hey, you want to be in the communion liturgy?" And there was no liturgy to speak. I mean, the liturgy <laughs> was like, uh, you know, off the cuff kind of. And so we had to kind of find a way to for him to get involved. But it was uh, meaningful. And um, then you got to listen to us eat bread and juice, which Dexter thought was very <laughs> odd. Yeah, I
0: okay. Dexter, I think, was just giving you a hard time. It did not come across that awkward. Just so y'all know, you were, you were,
1: Well, well, we were, we were like, uh, we can't serve each other. Um, so we actually didn't say anything while we took communion, which was, I think, a little bit awkward. I think next time we'll probably say, you know, I'll say, you know, the body of Christ uh, broken for you and then consume the bread and then, you know, the cup of salvation or whatever we're going to say there, um, and consume the juice together. Um, but it was some silence while we, uh, while we chewed and drank together.
2: (laughs) Dexter said he's going to make a meme out of us. Ay-ay-ay-ay. just we will be memed
0: okay. <laughs> I, no, there's a like long cool.
1: history of of, totally. of 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 staff at white rock going back and pulling specific oh, clips of my yes. sermons and then like playing them over and over again
0: yes i awesome. remember that conrad did that to you mitchell right you yeah. you like said so- i don't even remember what it was you said some funny phrase that made us all crack up and then I got Ron flour, flour on my pants
1: I think it was about huh? I, I had flour on my pants from oh, communion, yeah. actually. From know. communion, from the bread, yeah. right. Yeah.
0: That's funny. That's
2: awesome.
0: Well oh, goodness, yeah.
1: We did it. Did, it, what's it? We did it. We <laughs> got we got we got worship off and it got launched and uh and it landed and so did this <laughs> podcast, even with an unstable
0: internet. Right. Yes. And I think I mean just to affirm that you know we are not in charge right um that worship can
1: thank god can be
0: meaningful and spirit-filled even when the internet messes up and even when you you know don't have a stole that you need or you (laughs) chew loudly into the microphone and you know any number of things that the holy spirit covers us
1: absolutely
2: I'm really glad you said that because the intro says that, right? Where the holy, mm-hmm. we, where we saw the Holy Spirit move, mm-hmm. and I, as I was listening to it play again before we started, I thought, yeah, like I still think that even in the midst of the dumpster fire, that was technology yesterday. <laughs> like, we we don't limit the spirit, you right. know, and in the same way that physicality doesn't limit the spirit, neither does technology.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Amen.
1: So next so. week, uh, Phil and uh, Phil will be the the. The guest in the conversation, interviewee. the yeah, interviewee. we'll
0: be focusing in on adult ministries.
1: Right. So yep. uh, tune in next week to see if yep. we uh, put the dumpster fire out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and pray just, for us this week. Yeah, we would appreciate
2: your Yes,
1: Definitely. Take and care, thanks yo. for your grace. Yep. Yes. See you next week. You're listening to a podcast recorded at White Rock United Methodist Church in the heart of East Dallas. For more information, you can find us at WRUMC.org. And make sure you stay subscribed to this channel to stay up to date with all of our content.